welcome to the Professional Millennials Podcast. He's Derek. And she's Tori. Join us while we talk about life from the perspective of young adults trying to make it in the world. Thanks for joining us this week. We're excited to uh, update you on what's been going on here in our house lately. It's essentially a blur of cardboard boxes. Seriously, they're everywhere. We're packing. We're moving next week. <laughs> it's crunch time. Yeah, so this past week I had my last week with my job. Um, bittersweet moments for me. You know, I'm excited to be moving on to new things, but in our office, we get to know our patients extremely well. Most of them start off coming in multiple times a week, and they've really become more like friends to me than just patients. So saying goodbye was tough doing that a couple hundred times every single week for the past month. So I'm glad the goodbyes are over, but I'm definitely going to miss some of those times with my coworkers and those awesome patients. Definitely. It's been really tough saying goodbye to all of our friends here and all of our friends' pets. You know, we do love dogs and cats. Another thing we're saying goodbye to is some of our favorite local spots. We've kind of been planning out some of our meals as we're packing up all of our kitchen utensils. Um, we did get a pizza from our favorite local pizza place, Anna's. If you're down in the Raleigh-Durham area, there's an awesome pizza spot called Anna's Pizzeria. And the owner actually had multiple pizzerias in New York City. And he came down here a little bit over a decade ago. So if you're looking for real deal pizza in the South, Anna's Pizzeria is the spot. Yeah, and it's in downtown Apex, which is a really cute little downtown area if you want to walk around and check some stuff out. So because of all the boxes we mentioned, uh, Daisy definitely knows something is up. Uh, she has been through a bunch of moves, you know, a couple years straight in college, moved her from South Carolina down to Florida, from Florida back up to North Carolina. So she knows the drill. She knows something's coming. And essentially, she's trying to make sure that we don't forget to pack her. Yep. So she's always right in between you and the box you're trying to pack, making sure you don't forget her. And this will actually be the biggest move we've ever done with Daisy. We've never moved this far. Yeah, about 21 hours driving, uh, about 1,000 miles. Uh, I thought eight hours was bad going from Florida up to uh, to North Carolina, but this is going to be a whole different beast. Yep, and this will be Hazel's second move. So she was a champ on the first one. We know we've got good girls, and we're, we're excited to take them somewhere where they'll have a nice backyard. She's the one I'm much more worried about. Daisy's a seasoned veteran with with uh, road trips, you know, every single year for the holidays, plus a couple others throughout the year. I mean, she is a road warrior. Yeah, she's the best. And so are you. I just want to give you a little shout out. Happy birthday. This is airing on your birthday, February 1st. Yay! So thanks for being awesome. And thank you to your mom for having you. In the words of Maui, you're welcome. <laughs> No, it's, uh, it's exciting. You know, again, another bittersweet thing, you know, getting older, but, you know, moving on to new chapters. So it's definitely a positive, but still a little rough to get a little bit older this year. Um, no big plans. Again, we're in the middle of a move and our, we have my family in the area, but we do have a nice steak dinner planned, which is probably a go-to for me. Good food, good people. That's a good birthday. Absolutely. Now we're moving right into our topic of the day. This week, we decided to go with a topic that affects a ton of millennials, but it's something that we really don't talk about that often. This week, we are going to talk about debt. We, of course, already know some stuff about debt, but after doing a little bit more research, we found 
According to a survey by Household Economics and Decision Making, four in 10 millennials have student loan debt. Yeah, student loan debt is extremely common. And then you add in other kinds of debt like credit cards, car loans, purchasing a home. The majority of millennials are dealing with debt. Something that we didn't touch on heavily in the last episode, but we'll get into a little bit more, um, is part of why we both left home at 18 for school to go far away is because we actually got scholarships to go out of state. The University of South Carolina does a great job of both keeping um, bright in-state students at their school as well as finding higher achievers from other states. Uh, Maryland, for example, where Tori is from, they have a program that if your state school, the University of Maryland, doesn't offer a program, something like sports management, then you can come down to the University of South Carolina and do that program for the in-state tuition cost. Personally, for me, being from New Jersey, the in-state tuition at Rutgers was much more expensive than my tuition at South Carolina after my scholarship. So we didn't just run off to a school far away to have a fun time and blow a lot of money. It was actually heavily a financial decision as well as what we thought was the right fit for us. Absolutely. He's spot on with that. You know, that really played a part into why we went where we did. Something else that we really think is important to touch upon is the fact that headship is lower with millennials. So in simpler terms, you know, millennials are not really owning homes. They're mostly renting, which, you know, long term can really add up. Yeah. And on on top of that, um, millennials are also less likely than previous generations, Gen X, uh, you know, baby boomers. They're less likely to be uh, the head or independent renter even. So they're either living with roommates or they're, you know, living in someone else's home, whether it's their parents, relatives, things like that. Um, now with us, we just started a few months ago trying to look to purchase a home actually in the area because we wanted to put money into something we would have equity in instead of like Tori said, throwing money at rent that really gives you nothing in return. Yeah, so we we went on so many house tours. We were researching the market, you know, every weekend touring homes and the market's pretty crazy. You have to kind of get a offer in the same day it goes live if you don't want to miss out. But, you know, we noticed that it's it's just pretty insane. And it, you know, we didn't find that right home. We didn't end up buying a house. And look, now we're moving to Texas. So that would have been the biggest purchase of our lives. And looking back, you know, we're thankful that we didn't end up doing that because we would be, you know, kind of stuck here with that mortgage payment. That would be a lot more debt than we have now, even with, you know, grad student loans. Yeah, I think we came close a couple of times on homes. Um, There were two, I'd say, that we really seriously looked at, Um, but even those they really had some flaws that would be big ticket items. You know, there was one that we thought was just an amazing, stunning house. It actually had a view of a pond nearby, but the roof was ready to be replaced. HVAC units were coming by pretty quickly. So that's, you know, five figures of repairs you're putting into something that you just spent, you know, close to half a million dollars on. So that just didn't seem like a smart financial move for us. And uh, on top of that, living here in Raleigh and Austin is essentially the same way. The housing market is so fast. There's a lot of investors coming in who will pay cash for a house that still needs work to either immediately flip it or rent it out. So we really just couldn't compete there. And we're kind of glad that we uh, we lost out on some of those homes now, looking back. 
Yeah, everything really does happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we were even thinking about getting a home is pretty amazing. You know, something that we definitely follow and recommend is Dave Ramsey. He has a ton of books, um, especially the one Complete Guide to Money. That is one that I've read through a few times. You know, he has baby steps that he outlines to really set you up for success and a snowball getting out of debt. Um, you know, some basics are to set up an emergency fund, you know, have at least $1,000 for those, you know, rainy day, need a, your tire fix or something, you know, something that comes up. And then also to have a fund for about three to six months of expenses, you know, especially with COVID, it's uncertain times. It's good to have that security and that backup. You know, also, we are huge on budgeting, you know, having something, mapping out your paycheck and having a plan and just going over budgeting for groceries, eating out, you know, how many times do you want to do these things? Where do you want to set the bar? Just, you know, having some responsibility and being mature with yourselves will go a long way. Like we're adults, we can do this. So I totally agree that we're big on budgeting, but I'm big on the idea of budgeting. I'm not big on the practice of budgeting. Tori is great with Excel. She spent a lot of time in there, both in school and her professional life. I am not that kind of guy. I get bored very quickly. She has to kind of rein me back in. She's usually done doing her monthly budget before I've done mine, so we can put it into our master Excel. It's all mainly her realm, so I'm glad I have her helping me out and motivating me because otherwise I would get very little done with budgeting. Um, but like you mentioned, you know, Dave is very big on the emergency fund. You need to have something for that rainy day and we actually found some stats showing that about two thirds of millennials have a difficult time covering unexpected expense of $500. So, I mean, that's easily, you know, a quick doctor's visit can go well above $500. You know, we said an unexpected issue with your car, whether it's, you know, need new tires or even just general maintenance can start to get close to that. So it's really important that you aren't setting yourself up for even more debt because then there's going to be interest on that. So you're $400, you know, stop at the mechanic turns into six, seven, $800 or more if you're using a credit card that you really can't pay off in the near future. Now, of course, we're going to wrap back up with what we started with, which is that four in 10 millennials. Remember, they have student loan debt. And a big part of this isn't just that millennials are taking out student loans because they want to go to college for no reason. Um, if you look at the numbers over the past few decades, actually become nearly impossible to pay your way through school. So in 1989, federal minimum wage was $3.35, which would be roughly $7 today. So if you divide $9,730 by $7, which would be the full term's tuition, divided by the minimum wage, which would be one hour of work, then you could have paid for college working about 1300 or so hours at minimum wage. Now, if you worked full-time for 12 weeks in the summer, that's 480 hours right there. So then you would have had to work 23 hours a week for the rest of the year going to school full-time. That's not the easiest thing to do, but it's definitely possible. Um, when I was in school at South Carolina and then even in my early days in grad school, I was working at Lowe's doing 20 hours between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it was tough definitely missed out on a lot of things, you know, I'd be busy with work, but that money, you know, stopped me from having to borrow more and pay back more with interest. So if we fast forward to current day, according to the college board this year, you would need 
about $21,000, essentially $22,000 to pay for tuition and room and board. The federal minimum wage right now is $725, but because we've actually had a pretty good job market before COVID, um, besides that uh, virus, the job market was really tight. So you could essentially make $9 to $10 an hour. That would be the base. So if you were making that, which is again above minimum wage, to pay for one year of college now, you'd have to work 2000 438 hours, which is broken down into about 47 hours a week. So 47 hours a week is a full-time job plus a part-time job or two to three part-time jobs. All this was sourced from Forbes. So it's pretty reliable information and just shows that right now for a millennial or you know Gen Z, who's really the ones in college now, um, it's nearly impossible to pay your way through school. So unless you have family or someone willing to help you pay for it or a full ride scholarship, you are going to be taking out some sort of loan and taking on debt. So please, we implore you to look into Dave Ramsey and other um, debt resources. Absolutely. And we'll get into it in a different episode. But just the fact that, you know, how unaffordable college is, is it even necessary? Mm -hmm. Great point. So we'll get into that, like we said, at a later date. So stay tuned. Check our Instagram page that is up and running now. We are up and running on multiple podcast sources. We'll post that on our social media as well. So stay tuned for more great content like that with our topics of the day. Now that we've covered the doom and gloom of debt, let's move on to something a whole lot happier. And that is the dog of the week. And this week's dog of the week for the Super Bowl had to be, you know, a top performer, someone really going above and beyond, not just your everyday good boy. And today's dog of the week is Bonsuck. Now you may have heard of him. People always talk about dog being man's best friend, and it's definitely the case for this um, hospital patient in Turkey. Uh, his dog, Bonsuk, actually escaped from their house six days in a row on his own, ran down to the hospital, and waited like a good boy at the door. He didn't try to break in. He just laid down, holding vigil at the door for his owner with the purest love. Wow. Such a good boy. I mean... On a scale of like 1 to 10, he's got to be like a 16 or a 17 out of 10 because he was a bad boy. He knew he took risk to leave and run away, but he was doing it for the best reasons. Purest heart out there. So his owner, again, sadly, was um, brought by an ambulance to the hospital nearby uh, this month in January, and his dog just could not leave him alone. Uh, his owners kept bringing him back, and they would lock him up, keep him in the house. He would find a way out of a window or something. And it was such a viral story that there were news stations watching this dog. And you got to look it up because when the owner, uh, Samal, is let out of the hospital, I mean, the dog is overjoyed. They're both so happy to see each other. You know, they say happiness is the best medicine. And I think he got a, a pretty solid dose of it when he was discharged. Please go look it up. So again, the dog is spelled B-O-N-C-U-K. The dog out in Turkey with his owner, Samal, C-E-M-A-L. Quick Google search and you will have your day brightened up. Now it's time for one of my favorite segments, Turn Up or Throw Up. And for this week, I thought it would be most appropriate to have it be Super Bowl themed. So Derek, I hope you're ready. Thumbs up. He's ready. All right. Let's jump in with what are your thoughts on betting on the Super Bowl? Throw up. Personally, I am not a gambler. I know this coming as a shock to you because I brought up a promotion going on right now, but 
I don't find any joy in it. Usually what happens to me is I bet on one team or a player like fantasy or something. I have money on the line. And even if my team is winning or the team I like is winning, I end up losing money. And if you go at it from the other way around, maybe you bet on the team that you don't like, then your team wins, you lose money. I've just had too many times where I should have been totally happy, but putting on money on it just kind of ruins the experience. So I'm going to say throw up to betting on the Super Bowl. Wow, I am shocked by those results, but that's what I'm here for. All right. Next, turn up or throw up, Budweiser beer. So Budweiser, I feel like gets a lot of flack from people, especially Bud Light. Because it's you know, like that cheap beer, similar to Bush and all that stuff. But Budweiser is sold so heavily. It's actually a decent light lager. So I'm going to give that a turn up. They're super successful. And if you look into Anheuser-Busch, who makes Budweiser, they actually make the vast majority of beers you buy in the grocery store. So turn up big time. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. And their commercials are pretty good. Oh, they're great. The Clydesdales. Oh, yeah. How can you not turn up for Budweiser on Super Bowl week? Clydesdale and puppies, right? Perfect. <laughs> Winning. All right. Speaking of puppies, what are your thoughts on the Puppy Bowl? Puppy Bowl is a great way to get people who aren't into the Super Bowl so much kind of excited about the day. Maybe you're at somebody's house. You're hanging around. You're not a sports person. So you are a full turn up for the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> Absolutely. How about this one? Tom Brady. Turn up. Tom Brady, I'm not his biggest fan. I'm not a full-on hater like so many people out there. Um, if you would ask me like 10 years ago when he had that really nasty hair that needed a cut, I would have said throw up. But at this point, you got to say that he is the greatest football player of all time in the NFL. So I just want to see him keep adding to his legacy so that, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now, we can, you know, tell our kids, grandkids that we got to watch Tom Brady in his prime. True that. He's going to be that player. Yeah, I mean, he's been to 10 Super Bowls in the last 19 seasons that he's been a starter. So that's just, you know, an insane stat to make it to more than half of the Super Bowls that you've been playing for. And it's clearly not just the team. It's it's the player. Yeah, you know, it's a big hit to Belichick's legacy. Absolutely. Well, how about this one? Turn up or throw up? Super Bowl commercials. Turn up. Turn up for the commercials. I mean... I have still not been able to get Puppy Monkey Baby out of my head. I still say it randomly. There's certain ones that are just like so iconic. You can't, you just, you just can't say throw up to that. Um, yeah, big turn up. Love it. I love it. What about the artist, The Weeknd? Turn up. He is not the most emphatic turn up on this list, but he's got a lot of bops. I don't love all of his music. Um, I want to say props to him for cutting the hair because I feel like the hair was becoming bigger than him at a certain point. People didn't know who he was without the hair. So big turn up for him being confident enough to say, I am the music. It's not my hair. And just be confident. Yeah. And he's gone really all out with some music videos lately. You know, just next level. Yeah. He's doing I appreciate it, big. it. I'm pretty sure he's the halftime artist if my research is correct. All right. Here we go. Pat Mahomes. Turn up. I was an early adopter. I know you hate that being a Ravens fan, mm -hmm. but I watched him at Texas Tech. Also being a huge Yankee fan, I had seen some stories that um, Alex Rodriguez had shared talking about how when he was on the Rangers in the early part of his career, Pat Mahomes' dad was on the team as well. 
And at the age of like 10, Patrick Mahomes was going up to guys like A-Rod and the other stars, just trying to like pick their brains, figure out how do you become great. And he is obsessed with it. So I loved watching him at Texas Tech. I drafted him for my fantasy team before he was even a starter. I knew he was going to take Alex Smith's job sooner or later. And so big turn up, similar to Brady, it might kind of be the passing of the torch from, you know, one great to another. Can't wait to see the mashup during the, the Super Bowl. I also love his Head and Shoulders commercial. So He is a curly boy, so you got to love that, being the curly girl. <laughs> yeah. He reps it hard. He eats all of his green beans. Yeah. Doesn't care. That Can't he doesn't hate like on him. him. Yeah. And congratulations to him. Soon to be dad. All right. This is actually hilarious. Turn up or throw up. Puppy monkey baby. Turn up. <laughs> wow. I Okay, so... We do the tournament throw-ups independently each week. We're switching off. So the host, Tori, this time makes her list. I don't see them because we want authentic reactions. So it's amazing that she put Puppy Monkey Baby on there. Because I, if I see, like, somebody walking down the street and they got their baby in a stroller and their dog on a leash, I'm like, oh, Puppy Monkey Baby. Like, it just comes back because that is marketing at its finest. It may not be the smoothest, coolest thing, but, like, it sticks. And if you don't love it, you hate it. And you still know it. <laughs> exactly. And like most dads say that if you hate something, you actually tell more people about it. Oh my gosh. I believe that. So they probably got so much more like publicity out of people to be like, oh, it's such a weird commercial. And they're like, yeah, keep talking about it. <laughs> yes. Okay. We've got two more here. So the next turn up or throw up, Super Bowl going into overtime. Throw up. This is a tough one. Everyone loves free sports, whether it's extra innings, overtime, you know, NHL goes man down, which is awesome, more ice to play with. But I personally do not think the NFL has a very good overtime format. I wish they would adopt something like college football where you're just given a shot to score, you know, on the opponent's 25 or something like that. Or maybe back it up a little bit because they're the big boys or the pros. But I just think, especially because it's played on a Sunday People have worked the next day. You know, Donald Trump didn't make it a national holiday in his term. Joe Biden hasn't said anything about making Super Bowl Monday an official holiday. So we want to get to bed after that. I don't know if they even book extra Super Bowl commercials. So I feel like the quality of content goes down and the quality of the following day goes down as well. So throw up. Definitely. And think about it. Probably everybody on both teams is feeling throw up as well. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. True that. All right, last one for turnover throw up. Celery with buffalo wings. Turn up. Past couple of years, we've been getting hotter and hotter with our wings and our sauces. So there's a lot of times where you kind of outkick your coverage, go a little bit hotter than you really could handle. So having that celery there with ranch, it's a must have. Oh, yeah. Cool you back down and crunch. Big crunch. To keep the crunch and Super Bowl theme going, Now we're moving on to our deal of the week. This week's deal of the week is Buffalo Wild Wings. If you decide to pick up any party wings pack, boneless or traditional, before 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on February 7th, you will get six free wings on a future visit. And if it goes into overtime, they are giving out six free wings to anybody who's watching there. So you really can't go wrong if you order out, you're getting free wings. If you go there, and again, like I said, it was a throw up for me, but if you hit that overtime bell, boom, free wings on your table, get another round of beer, you're good to go, reload. And celery, crunch. 
So with the Super Bowl this week, obviously we've had a lot of Super Bowl-themed topics today. So we want to do a Super Bowl-themed on the bright side. So this week, we're going to highlight that with the Super Bowl happening, that means all of that week's charitable events will be going on as well. And obviously with COVID-19 being a huge issue, they've had to work around it. And from what I've seen, they've done a great job. Um, the first one that I think was the hardest was the Play 60 movement, which they originally planned to have 2,000 kids at, get them active, get them moving, teach them some good habits. They have to do that virtually. But that means they can open it up to more school districts. And so instead of 2,000, there's actually over 100,000 kids signed up. So that's going to be awesome for them. They're able to kind of live chat and be a part of this program with these NFL stars. So that'll make a lot of, you know, great memories for those kids. On top of that, the NFL Foundation is making a $1 million contribution to improve Tampa Bay area communities. And Super Bowl host committee actually matches that. So a couple million dollars are going towards Tampa Bay area to improve their community. Another awesome part is they are combating food insecurity in the Tampa Bay area. They're, so $250,000 will be given in a grant that will support local restaurants that have been affected by COVID-19. It's going to provide meals to those in need. And the program um, is still open to more donations and it will be run for almost an entire year after the Super Bowl. This is, I think, an awesome part of the game. It's more than just the game. It really does impact lives. Think of all the vendors, you know, people in the area who are gig workers as well aren't getting the business that they would have, but they are still getting a part of it at least. So it's a huge, huge perk that the Super Bowl committee was able to work with the area in Tampa Bay and make these charitable events happen. So thanks for listening. This has been another installment of the Professional Millennials podcast, and we look forward to talking more with you next week.